the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. It's winter solstice, so I guess we're all in for a long night. But not before we have a great show today. And you can join the conversation by giving me a call at 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, we got a lot of news to cover today. We're going to do uh, the Zelensky visit in the next hour and a couple other things. But, you know, as we come into a new year and we're going to have family gathering and stuff, we want to make sure that we are aware of words that we are not allowed to say. And thanks to Stanford University, we've been given a new list of words that you uh, you cannot say. And I don't just mean like seven words you can't say on television or radio, but uh, there's a whole bunch of more words that were that Stanford University is uh, not going to allow in any of their uh, website or published materials, apparently, lest someone be offended. And, uh, you know, we don't want anybody to be offended. Well, thank you, Governor Newsom, but uh, we're not even talking about, uh, you know, policies and strategies. We're just talking about normal language. In fact, that's something that in our our, our time today I want to talk about. We joke, and we'll joke a little bit about this kind of thing because some of it's absurd, but in the middle of the absurdity, we do have to keep in mind that how you, that there is a place, right, where we should be careful of the words that we we speak. The Bible is very, very clear that we are to be kind. And there's a whole lot of things to say about that in the scripture, about the way we use our, our language. So there, this is not totally, you know, something that we should ignore, I think, as believers, the way we talk to one another. Ephesians 2 or 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. We're, we are called throughout the scripture to be very, very careful on uh, the words that we use. So that part of this, you know, keep that in your mind as, as we talk about this. And I know that maybe you've seen this on TV. Some other hosts have talked about this this week. Let's just look at it. But I, I also want to get into something deeper with it. And something that I think when we're talking about, we used to say politically correct language. I don't know if we even use that term anymore. Did somebody decide that we're not using the term politically correct anymore? I haven't seen it, but I don't hear that. Maybe that was just like a thing in the 90s when this sort of thing became a thing and then maybe early 2000s. You know, that's not a politically correct term. Um, Now we're just uh, we're calling it uh, maybe much worse than that. And we're talking about regular things that people say, normal conversation and words that people use in regular conversation, words you can't say. All right, you with me? Okay. So Stanford released, it's it's called, it's E-H-L-I, Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative. And it says this, the goal of the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, the E-H-L-I, is to eliminate 
many forms of harmful language, including racist, violent, and biased. For example, disability biased, ethnic bias, ethnic slurs, gender bias, implicit bias, sexual bias, language in Stanford websites and code, and it's picked up by other publications. All right. Now, there's a funny thing about this word eliminate in the document from Stanford. It's got an asterisk by the word eliminate in that right in the front page. And if you go down, you know, many pages to the bottom, the asterisk, it says, we understand that it may not be possible to eliminate all harmful language on our sites and in our code due to cost resources or other reasons, like other reasons, like everybody thinks you're crazy on some of these. Eliminate, in quotes, is the goal to strive for, even if that can't be achieved. So they, they know that eliminate, you know, how do you eliminate words from the, from the language? Like, how do you just get people to stop saying it? I, you know, I suppose, I don't know how you do that. If it's, if it's a part of regular language, I don't know how you do that. Anyway, that's, that's their goal, even though they don't think they can do it. So they said the purpose of this is to educate people about the possible impact of the words we use and that language affects different people in different ways. I think that's fine. That's, you know, the website focuses on potentially harmful terms used in the United States, starting with a list of everyday language and terminology. Now, I want you to note potentially harmful and possible impact, because I think when we're dealing with this kind of thing, we're not necessarily seeking to find words that actually are harmful or that actually are impacting people. And that, I think, is the point, that there are things that people say that, are, that can be very, very hurtful. And you have to acknowledge that. There are words that people use sometimes that are mean and that are received as mean or cruel. And sometimes over time, those words change in their meaning, right? That happens just through normal process of language. Those things happen. And we have to acknowledge that. But then what's happening here, though, is that in their list, and there's a lot of words in the list, in the list are several words that you would probably agree, yeah, we shouldn't say that, okay? We used to, you know, we used to use the word retarded a lot, okay? You're not really allowed to call people that. Anymore. And I agree, it's kind of mean, you know, as, even as a kid, we'd say that. And that, that word used to mean a long time ago, I think it was sort of the catch-all word for a kid with any sort of developmental disabilities, you know, might, there might, that word might have been used. It very quickly became a mean thing that, that kids would say to each other. Okay. And, you know, I think that it's fair to say, you know what, that's a word that actually when people are called that, it brings up a lot of things in a lot of people, not just one person, but lots of people. Okay. So I, I get that. But then there are other words here that I don't think, and maybe you can call me and tell me if you disagree, but there are some words in here that I don't think actually cause harm to anybody. That I think what it is, is we have people in a think tank somewhere going through words and going, what possible words can we just dig up that might be causing some people harm? See, I think if people are actually offended, we tend to know that people are offended by the language we use. If you're in a healthy relationship, they say, you know, it, that word, you know, stop using that. It means this. You know, we correct that. Sometimes my kids, you know, they'll use a word that they heard somewhere. Or something, and I can say, hey, you really, you really can't say that to people. You know, uh, it's really not a nice word. And I don't know if you heard it from a movie or you heard it from a friend. You know, hopefully you didn't hear it from me. And, you know, it's just that's something that you do relationally. But there's there are obvious indicators that somebody is genuinely, personally, somehow 
impacted by that word. Are you, are you following me here? Because most of these words in our regular conversation, there's not somebody taking offense to it or even thinking that there is something offensive by it. When I say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Southern California Live. How many of you really think about that in a, in a way that is offensive? Well, you're not allowed to say ladies or gentlemen. You can't say either. And uh, that's because maybe there's a uh, another option out there. And uh, it's ladies and gentlemen, and who else? Who else are, you know, I, I'm not even sure, you know, who that is uh, out there. Because, I mean, even if you're a gentleman who prefers to to be a lady or a lady who prefers to be a gentleman, you're still a lady or gentleman, right? I mean, what's, and I suppose there's non-binary people out there who are neither ladies or nor gentlemen. But if that's you, do you, you know... I don't know. And and why should we be be unable then to say anything? Because then what I'm supposed to say, apparently, is uh, all humans and persons who are listening to this, nobody talks that way. That's not real. And that's just controlled speech. It's just not there. See, I, I think that a lot of the things that offend us, uh, supposedly, are made up. They don't offend anybody. I think most of the time people don't even think about it. Some who are offended are offended only because somebody told them they ought to be offended. They weren't, def- they weren't offended. They never were offended by it. And then suddenly somebody told them, no, you ought to be offended because of X, Y, and Z. And so they decided they should be offended uh, so that they don't. And then, then we're not supposed to say it because we don't want to offend people who otherwise wouldn't have been offended, but now they're offended because they were told they need to be offended. Are you with me? See, that's what it is. And to get into it in a more serious way, the reason these things are put out there in these lists, it goes into... This group think, okay, this is the, this is like far left academia thinking that sometimes people will call it woke or other things. But the idea is this, is the truth is that somebody uses a word with you and you are not personally offended at all. But what is being said is, is that you have to consider yourself as part of some group, right? Somebody is part of a group. All of us can put ourselves in some kind of group. You know, I am Irish, okay? President Biden had this to say about uh, being Irish the other day. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, it makes me laugh kind of as somebody who has uh, an Irish background. Um, but I'm not offended when President Biden says that. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. You know, um, is he assuming that most Irish people are stupid? I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. You know, is that what he meant by saying that? Where does that come from? You know, I've, I've never heard that about Irish people. Um, but I'm personally not offended at all that he said that or that so I don't even know what it means. It's just kind of laughable to me. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. And I think that's how most of us actually in everyday life respond. But what happens in the group think of the far left, okay, in in this is that as an Irish person, I, even though I'm not personally affected by that, even though it doesn't personally offend me, and even though I have no idea why it should even offend me, I need to be offended by the president saying that um, because I'm part of the Irish group. And if he's saying something that might offend some Irish person somewhere, then all Irish people have to be offended. And that begins where that's where the problem is. See, if nobody is actually offended, then what we're talking about is an imaginary offense. And we start to get offended by all kinds of different things, not because we're actually offended, but because we're afraid somebody else who might be Irish might actually be offended. And so we're sticking up for them. But actually what we're doing is we're camouflaging instances 
where some kind of harmful thing is actually being done because there are harmful things that are done or harmful things done in different points in history. I mean, the the Irish uh, used to be persecuted in this country by uh, a whole lot of things, not being allowed to have a job. And there used to be signs up in, in store windows in certain towns, you know, we won't serve the Irish. And my my great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, who, uh, in one set of them anyway, who came from Ireland, if you look at the census records for many years, originally they wrote down that they were born in Ireland in the census. But then for about 30 years, they stopped writing that down. They said they were born in Illinois. It was a lie. They were born in Ireland. But for some reason, they felt pressure to not be Irish. And so they said they were born in Illinois. And then what's interesting is that kind of went away in the country. And then they were Irish again. Then they were okay to say they were born in Ireland. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Well, that might have been what they thought. But see, you know, those things exist. But if we are just spending our time taking the language that people use and trying to find a reason why I should be offended today, we ignore the things that people are actually doing that's offended. I think it it camouflages instances where somebody really is speaking in a harmful way. I think it I think it's a distraction to actually paying attention to what's going on. You know, it's a uh, in our politics today, you know, it doesn't take very long between somebody on the right or left is calling the other side some kind of Nazi. And pretty soon, if everybody's a Nazi, then then you don't know what a Nazi is. You camouflage the things that you really ought to be worried about. See what I'm saying? And that's some of the problem. But the group think of the left, the far left, is this idea that we just need to we need to be as a group offended and uh, that's just the way it is, because somebody out there has really suffered and they're Irish, then I'm doing them harm if I don't get offended, uh, even though those who have been harmed are also not offended by the same joke. So really, nobody is offended. We're creating an offense to protect people from the possibility of somebody being offended, even though nobody is actually offended. So we create categories and tell people who have never been offended that they should get offended by certain language. And while most people don't, some people do. But they're getting offended today, not because they were actually offended, but because somebody put it in their heads that they need to be offended. Otherwise, they're being offensive. You see. Does that sound uh, crazy? By the way, you're not allowed to say you're not allowed to say crazy. Oh, that man is obviously crazy. Uh, uh, we do not use that word around here. Oh, what do you normally use around here? Now, now. Uh, he is very now, now. I can tell you that. One of my favorite lines from uh, the Pink Panther there, Inspector Cluzo. Anyway. See, what I'm saying is that you can't, you, it's just, it's an impossible thing to hold up. And this is the world we're living in. And, I, and, and the other part of it that I believe is, and why you have to be careful, is that eventually your, your speech is being controlled. And we are creating classes of offended people rather than trying to actually have people be kind to one another. Rather than focusing on what is, we focus on what isn't or what could be or what might be. And that's the language that Stanford is using here. Okay, the purpose of this website is to educate people, they say, about the possible impact of words and potentially harmful terms. Are you following me there? Okay. So there's all kinds of categories, and they then they put this, so now they're going to list all these words. By the way, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. If you want to join our conversation, please do. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. 
You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. If you think I'm just got it wrong, hey, you know what? Tell me how this is offensive. I'm trying to explain it because why are our major universities even putting all this effort? How much does this cost to put out all these words, to get committees together? I mean, committees and working groups together. This is your tuition, okay? This is your this is your student loans. This is all this money if you want to send your kid to a place like Stanford or you're going to work your way. You, you probably, what kind of job do you have to have to work your way through, uh, through Stanford? Uh, you know, if you're going to spend money on an education, you know, this is where these uh, massive student loans are going, by the way. We didn't do all this before the student loan thing got out of hand before uh, we started uh, just giving everybody student loans for everything, and then the price of the education went through the roof, and then the education went out the window. All right, so there's all kinds of things you got to be careful of. you got to be careful of what's now called ableist language. Now, some of you are, I don't even know what the right term is, so I'm not trying to be, you know, offensive. You can't say a lot of things, but uh, disabled, I think, is the, the, the right term. I'm wondering if, if you find this stuff to be offensive, okay? Ableist language is language that is offensive to people who live with disabilities and or devalues people who live with disabilities. Now, devaluing people, if it's really happening, I think that is a big deal. We should never devalue people, and that's where a lot of, I think, if you're going to look at this kind of thing carefully, do we say words that actually devalue people or are we just saying words that describe a condition that somebody has? There's a difference. Okay. The unintentional use of such terms furthers the belief that people who live with disabilities are abnormal. So abnormal is the word that's used here. And I'm trying to wrap my mind around it because, you know, abnormal, the the word means deviating from what is normal or usual typically in a way that is undesirable or worrying. So is it wrong to have normal? All right, now none of us are completely the same. All of us are kind of abnormal from one another. I think that's a good thing, that we're unique in different ways. Okay, but you know, it does seem to me, and tell me if you think this is offensive, because Stanford thinks this is offensive, and I'm not trying to be offensive. It seems to me that a human being normally would have two arms, two two legs, two eyes, two ears, etc. One nose, okay, 10 fingers and 10 toes. Or if you're my kids and you want to argue about it, you got eight fingers and two thumbs. See, and the thing is, is that when you're born and you're missing one of those, everybody notices. The doctors notice right away if you're missing an arm. They might have discovered this in an ultrasound. And the reason they notice is because that's not usual. It doesn't mean that you have less value as a human being, but it means you're going to have different challenges in life, okay? Because it's not the way it is normally. And I I think that we have to pay attention to value, right? That a person with a disability has the same value as a human being as a person who doesn't. And so there, there is a problem maybe with how society does things, Although it might just be an issue of technology, because we're better at it today than we used to be, but part of that is technology. The problem is often value. See, we tend to not value people who have disabilities before they're born, when we can see this in the womb. And so doctors pressure women to have abortions because the child might have Down syndrome. See, that's an issue of value. 
it's an amazing thing that we're so worried about somebody being offended by by saying maybe they're they're not normal or they're not usual because they have some disability. But while they're in the womb, we're able to say, so you should just kill them because they don't have the same value as a human being if they were if they were put together in a normal way. That's part of the the hypocrisy of any abortion argument for that. In fact, when 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 John was my youngest son, John, who's 10 now, uh, we were told that there was a significant chance he would have Down syndrome. And I really believed it. I believed he was going to have Downs. Uh, just I didn't share that belief with my wife, but I thought God was preparing us for this because suddenly I was involved through church in a ministry for Down syndrome kids and adults. And suddenly I was in a couple of relationships with people who had Down syndrome kids. And suddenly this was a part of my life. And I'm thinking, okay, God's preparing me to be uh, a father to a child, Downs, child with Downs. Well, that didn't happen, but I, I was surprised at uh, when John was born, actually. That's how much I believed it. But there was never a thought. We were offended at the idea that our doctor was giving us all this advice on how to terminate the pregnancy because of actually, relatively speaking, a very small chance that the child might have been born with Downs. See, that is right there is the beginning of of the problem with all of this there is a normal we understand what that is and we don't like and this is the problem with on the left the left is trying to create a world where there is no difference and no pain and you can't do that if people are born into this world that are different so you devalue them before they're born now, there's some great things that happen when, they're, when, when people are born and they're missing a limb or they've got downs or other things. We're doing some great things as a society to make it easier for that person to participate in society, to have certain jobs, to be able to be mobile, to, you know, we're doing this in all of the street corners and usually can get on public transportation if you're in a wheelchair or, you know, one of those carts or you've got other things going on. I think that's great. We should do that. And it's, it values people to do that. And it lets people live as close to a normal life as possible. But the reason we can do that is because actually, in reality, we know what normal is. We've got an idea. Otherwise, we wouldn't do anything at all because we wouldn't see it. We wouldn't understand that there's some reason to help a disabled person because they're actually abled and we're just being mean by acknowledging that. That's crazy. I got to take a break. Do you have any thoughts about this? When we come back, I'll share some of these words for you, and uh, we'll try to get some more thought on this. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. I didn't know you had elves working here. You're you're hilarious, my friend. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy, go back to the basement. I've got houses in L.A., Paris, and Vail, each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. That was a clip from the movie Elf. You see that movie before, uh, Elf? 
And uh, in this scene, uh, the person he's talking to, if you haven't seen the movie, is a little person. And uh, but the the character doesn't realize he's being offensive, but clearly he's being offensive. And uh, he gets attacked afterward. And, uh, you know, you laugh out loud at this. So here's what we're talking about. Stanford put out a bunch of words that are potentially harmful uh, or that possibly could create harmful uh, you know, offensive uh, feelings from other people. And I think some of them, like in this case, if you are really doing that, it's obvious that that is a word uh, that is derogatory and that you're being cruel if you're doing that uh, to somebody. I think sometimes we have to keep in mind that when we look at some of the silliness that we we have in our culture where we're analyzing to death certain words, that actually we're called to be kind, that the scriptures tell us that we should Make sure that we don't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So we should pay attention to it. But we're looking at this list because what's happening is, as we described before the break, we're a culture that is working very hard from the the far left you know, philosophies of the day to put people into groups and to keep them in the groups. And the reason you keep them in different groups is because... Uh, that way they can be offended for each other. The problem is, is there's no redemption. There's no way to to sort of break through. And uh, that's a lot of what the problem is of these language rules that we're getting that are just regular everyday language. So here's some of the words that uh, Stanford is saying that uh, we can't really say. Uh, you can't say addict, like drug addict. Uh, that one was news to me. Why can't I say that? Uh, here's what they say. You can't say addict. You also can't say addicted. You're instead of saying a drug addict, you're supposed to say a person with a substance abuse disorder, which is not even something I necessarily believe. Um, using, and they say that using first person language helps not define people by just one of their characteristics. So a lot of this is driven by the idea that you don't want to be just sort of defined by your problem. Does that make sense? And I, I understand that. But if, if you are a drug addict or you're addicted to something else, is that how you feel? You know, it, it's uh, I think that you probably what you know, my experience with people who are addicted to something who are an addict is that when you call them an addict, they either admit it because they know it's true or they get really mad that you call them that because not because they're mad that you're using that term, but they're denying that they have an addiction. You see. But I don't know that the word is wrong to say that. And I don't know how you not say that. What they say is, you're not going to say, instead of saying drug addict, you're not going to say person with substance abuse disorder. Nobody talks that way. You know, academics talk that way in their papers back and forth. And instead of addicted, you're supposed to say hooked. Well, what's the difference? You're hooked on drugs. You're, you're an addict. It's the same thing. To me, it's the same thing. Am I wrong? You're not allowed to say uh, blind review or blind study. You know, the idea that if you are doing some kind of uh, um, research paper, you know, it's actually a positive thing, isn't it? It's a positive thing to have a blind study because that means it's not somebody who knows the particulars of who wrote it, of who was part of the study. They're just analyzing the data to see if you got it right. But you're not allowed to use the term blind because it might be offensive to blind people. If you're blind and you're listening and you have a way to call in, does it offend you? When somebody says, I've never heard that, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557, if you want to join our conversation. Uh, You're not allowed to say committed suicide. 
Uh, that's a sensitive one, I think, for a lot of us. We have suicide in, in our family, but you're supposed to say died by suicide. And I wondered, well, everybody says committed suicide when they're describing somebody who, uh, who did that. What, they, what happened to them? Well, they committed suicide. That's the language we use. It's regular, everyday language. And that's the part here where, um, are people offended by this? See, I'm struggling, uh, even as somebody where I do have this in my in my uh, my family. That's how I would describe what happened to that person. And I went to the Center for Suicide Prevention, and they, they don't like the word commit. And uh, they say to commit suicide has criminal overtones, which refer to a pastime when it was illegal to kill oneself. Committing suicide is akin to committing murder or rape. I, is it? I've never thought that. I, that has never crossed my mind. That, that to say that, that I'm suddenly comparing that person to a murderer. I mean, they're a murderer of self, I guess. But that's not even the, you're not even thinking of it in the context of a crime. And certainly not in the same way that you would think of murder or rape. And so what they're doing is they're saying this word, since some the connotation is you'd use the same word for describing crime, somebody who committed crimes, that you can't use it. See, I, I don't know. I'm really struggling with even that whole thinking. And I don't think you're going to take the word committed suicide out of the vernacular of what people use. What do you think about this? 888-528-2557. Let's go to Phil in Orange County. Phil, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, how's it going? Good, Phil. How are you? I'm great. You know, uh, I'm an addict and I'm in recovery. And, and most addicts, uh, almost all addicts in recovery, they are totally fine with that word. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I Stanford is off, off their meds, man. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> See, that's what I'm wondering is that they're creating this. And I want to know, are people actually offended or are they just being told to be offended? They're being told, but, you know, substance abuse disorder, uh, you know, why say lot word when few word do trick? Right. (laughs) You can't, yeah, you can't, that's it. uh, Well, I appreciate that insight. So, and and you're saying that the other addicts, if you've been to to groups in recovery, nobody seems to have, I mean, I just used the word, I wasn't even thinking about it, right? That's We use it all the time in recovery. That's what we are, and And, and we own it. Yeah, see, I think that's some of the problem here with that one, is that you you have to use that word. All right, Phil, thank you for calling and that insight. That's helpful. 888-528-2557. David in Culver City. Hi, David. How are you today? Hey, very good, Scott. And thank you so much for your show. You're really on on top of things this week. <laughs> you have me rolling in the aisle. All right. Well, Listen, David, what do you think about this? I would love to know your thoughts on this. Dysfunctional was the big thing in my day. <clears throat> and uh, now that term is obsolete. It's uh, you were molested or you had a dis- you had a, uh, a, a bad relationship with your parents or you didn't have parents. You know, there's just so many things you got to be careful about. I can't handle that. It's too much. It's like a domino effect. And so I, I've just given up on it. I just, you know, smile at people and go on, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think it, it, you know, at the end of the day, our relationships one to another is what really matters, right? And what what worries me about getting into some of these words and, and is we become insecure about having regular conversation, which tends to end conversation. Like you just stop talking well, to people. 
it, it just ruins your thought process when you have to think about the proper words. I mean, it's just, just a waste of time to me. You just smile and go on and, and don't say anything if you don't know what to say. Yeah. All right, David, thank you for your call. Merry Christmas to you. You too. All right. 888-528-2557. Um, let's see here. Ted, City of Angels, welcome to Southern California Live. Sir, Scott, Ted, City of the Angels, correct. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Ted. i got to be careful. It says Ted in L.A., and I just assume it's you, Ted, City of the Angels, but it could be another <laughs> Ted in L.A. There's probably more uh, than one Ted. Absolutely. There's millions of them. I'm Theodore, Teddy, whatever you want to call me. Latinos call me Tedito. I don't get offended by that. Uh, you don't, of because uh, there's all kinds of words here I got in front of me that uh, might be offensive to you in one way or another. Well, I'll tell you, Scott, you know, that's why I love to organize football, because I was called every name in the book in L.A., and we just uh, put a silent uh, list on who I'm going to be hitting the next play, as long as it was legal and not, you know, hitting somebody in the back or taking their knee out. And we all shook hands at the end of the game, had mutual respect. So that's the blessing of sports. Now, you know, I'm Czechoslovakian, Norwegian, Swedish, French, English, Irish, and Polish, and I've had Europeans go, what are they? You know, because of what am I, a mutt? Well, I have no hip displacement like pure Labradors have. You know, I don't have any ailments. So, you know, all I know is I love being an American. I love the fact that it's multi-ethnical um, because I think uh, God pulled out his color fan deck and created women so beautiful in all different colors. And uh, we're going to say stuff that offends people from one country to the next. And, but, do you think, uh, but do you think people really get offended? I mean, there are certain obvious things where they're offensive, right? There's definite racial slurs and there's definite slurs against people who have, you know, different physical characteristics. There are definitely some things that are offensive, right? But, yes, I, I, I definitely, you know, would use the more uh, term of a challenged person. I don't like you know, the word retarded. So, and it all falls under our biblical teachings that, you know, you become the words you speak. I don't go around calling myself an alcoholic the rest of my life. I was at one time. The first edition called us former and ex-alcoholics, which lines up biblically uh, for Proverbs, because, you know, so the man speaketh, he becometh life and death can be determined by your own tongue. And they had stories of Jesus and Christianity and all. The stories lined up like a gear, 400 pages, the first mm. edition. And it was so aligned with uh, Judeo-Christian beliefs. And then people started getting offended. Oh, we want to hear more other stuff. We yeah. want to hear about sponsors. <clears throat> and, all right. and so it, it's, but that's about yeah, it. Thank you, Ted. I got to go to a break, but I appreciate uh, your call on that. 888-528-2557. You know, I'm going through the list of words that Stanford says are offensive that we should try to eliminate from the English language. Uh, And uh, what do you think about that? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. When we come back, a couple of more words, and I'll take your calls. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. And uh, good to uh, be with you, Scott Furrow here. We're talking about uh, words that you can't say and whether or not they're really, actually, genuinely offensive. 
And uh, are there words out there? Stanford put out this list of words that they're saying you, you can't say, and they're trying to eliminate them from the language. So, for example, you're not allowed to use the term walk-in. You know, like if you go to a, um, you know, your hair salon or your barber and they have a sign in the window that says, we do not accept walk-ins. What do they mean by that? I got a fever. <laughs> and the only prescription is more cowbell. I don't think they mean Christopher Walken. I mean, they, you have to have an appointment. That's what they mean, right? There's a restaurant I used to go to in San Diego, and they had a big picture of Christopher Walken right in the front, and it had a sign that says, no Walkins, and it was hilarious. But what they meant is you got to have a reservation. It was some breakfast place, too, not some fancy place. They just had really good bacon, and uh, so they're always, always packed. But you can't say walk-in, and the reason is it might be offensive to somebody who has a disability so they can't literally walk in. If you, you know, are you, are people who can't walk, are you genuinely offended by that term or is that just something you're maybe being told? What do you think? 888-528-2557. Penny in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, this is Penny. Hi, Penny. Go ahead. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm blessed. Yeah, the the term uh, blind study yeah i've never heard that before you know that's a that's very interesting but i'm not offended are you a blind person yes yeah okay so earlier i asked if a blind person would call in so the the idea of blind study is that uh it's blind meaning that you don't get to see the particulars of who wrote it or different things you're there to give an honest assessment of whatever is written without any biases that's what that means right so you're uh-huh. not you're not offended by the term no, I'm not. Yeah, have you ever have you ever even thought of it that way? No, I haven't. Never have. Yeah, that's that's my theory, Penny. Thank you so much for calling on that. My theory is that, uh, uh, and thanks for calling Southern California Live. My theory is that everybody who is blind has never thought of it that way in a negative way. But Stanford is saying it is negative and that you ought to be offended. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. If you want to join the conversation, Joe in Sun Valley, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Yeah, I, you just talked about the walk-in. Side. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to talk about the suicide thing. but Yeah, also, go ahead. Walk-in, like, if somebody is disabled, they should be happy. If, if it says walk-in, no walk-ins, that means they can go in. <laughs> it's ridiculous anyway that they would be offended. I, I don't but. see any, I don't think people really are offended. I think that's some of my point. There's obviously right. words that people are offended by. It's, you know, we don't want to ignore that, but I think we're going through a lot of work to try to control the language and control people. Right, uh, you're making people think. Like, yeah. like they wouldn't even, and about the suicide thing, if, if a kid steals a candy bar, he committed a crime. He might not want to hear that. It might be offensive but it's a fact and if someone commits suicide my brother committed suicide Mm. and the fact of the matter is he committed suicide it's a bummer and it's hard to swallow but it's a fact yeah you know what i mean so i i just it's just a it's just a very odd thing but i think that there is something more nefarious to it because i think what it's doing i thank you for your call joe uh very much i think that we are creating a system that continues to have new reasons for us to be against each other, new reasons to divide people. Now we're going to divide people for using language that everybody uses and nobody was offended by before, and suddenly now we're offended. You know, some of it's 
interesting. There's some terms in there I've never never heard before. That there's one you're not allowed to say graybeard. Describe somebody as a graybeard, and I guess it's more of an IT term. That like if there's an older guy working in the IT department at your company, I guess you call him a graybeard because he's been around a while. I don't know. Is that offensive to call him somebody old? I've been called old long time before I was old, and I don't even think I'm old. You know, it's just it's just something people do. Do we have to get bent out of shape about it? Uh, you're not allowed to use the word brave at all. Not you, you can't say what a brave person that is. Do we not want people to be brave? It says just don't use it. It doesn't even give you a, an alternative term for brave. The reason Stanford says don't use the term brave is because it perpetuates a stereotype of the, quote, noble, courageous savage equating the indigenous male as being less than a man. Have you ever heard or used the word brave in that? Con- I've never used it or heard of it in that way. I want my boys to be brave. I want people that, you know, my kids, I want them to be brave. I want people to do brave things. And we can't say that. I think nobody thinks of it that way. Uh, I think that, you know, tribe. So there's a lot of uh, sort of indigenous people or Native American words on there you can't say. Tribe, historically used to equate indigenous people with savages. Once again, when I've heard the word tribe, I've never thought of savages. I mean, I'm, I've always been in church. So there's the 12 tribes of Israel. It's not even specific to one group of people. Everybody's got tribes. People refer to their family sometimes as tribe. Now we can't say it. Are there Native Americans getting offended by the word tribe? I don't, I don't think so. Just in, in regular language, I, I don't think so. I think that we're paying an awful lot of money for Stanford to find a reason, more reasons to divide us. 888-528-2557. Blanca in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. You know, this is, Scott, by the way, thank you. You're awesome. You're always on target. Well, thank you. Uh, so it's ridiculous, um, <laughs> the words you just said, brave. This is part of the same culture that wants the U.S. to not be the United States, the brave. Um, there's a there's a way of people trying to make us um, something we're not. They're trying to belittle us. They're trying to make us less than what we are. Because I think it, I think it's. I don't want to say it's political, but yeah, there is some something to do with that. Because a lot of the people that are saying things that aren't true want to make it be that it is true. And then when the truth comes out that they were lying, they don't even want to acknowledge it because it's like a saying in Spanish. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You know, I have uh, ears of, of, of horse. It's stupid. It's like, yes, we have to say something. We have to say that's wrong because otherwise it's going to keep on going. What and I'm, where are we headed? Yeah, what I'm afraid of, Blanca, thank you for, for that. What I'm afraid of is that what you just said about how it's going to make it true, that's the idea behind it. And thanks for calling Southern California Live. That's the, that's what this kind of far-left thinking is. It's about taking things that are that are not part of the reality and making them the reality by forcing them on us through language and making all of these things offensive when they're not offensive. And once again, I'm, I'm, I want us to recognize that there are things that are offensive. There are words that are offensive. What worries me is that we're going to dilute all those words that really are offensive that we shouldn't use in our, our language by making something, everything offensive. And eventually what it does is it just continues to divide people and pit people against each other. 
And this is bad. This is not good for culture. It's not kind. It's it is um, it's just wrong. All right, I got time for maybe uh, one more here. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Emilio in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey Scott, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing fine, Emilio. How are you? Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. Not too bad. Not too bad. I just want to give a comment. Really, as uh, you said, one of the words that you couldn't say or that staff person you can't say is brave. Right. So what are they going to do? Are they going to change our national anthem? Can't say it. Isn't at the end? Isn't it say home of the brave? Home of the brave. Can't say it. Home of the brave. Right. Right. That is. You know, it's and you know you you need brave people. Brave people is how you get things done. Right. Well, I mean, I and mean, then I served. I served in the service. I served in the Navy and they call us brave, right, for going out and serving our country. And you are I'm not brave anymore. Yeah. And they don't give an alternative either. It's like, well, what are we supposed to say here? But uh, yeah. we we're destroying language, but I think mostly we're destroying each other in it. And we 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 do need to be careful with our speech. The Bible's really clear about that. But we cannot, yeah. uh, you know, make up things. Thanks, Emilio. Um, you know, some other words on here you can't say. It's a long list of words, and it gets just kind of uh, really... You can't say OCD, by the way. You're supposed to say, instead of OCD, you're supposed to say detail-oriented. That is not what that means. You you might be extremely detail-oriented. That's why you're OCD. But just because, you know, it's... Uh, and I don't know why we have to make something extremely negative. If you're dealing with something, that's who you are. We want to value the person. At the end of the day, you know, we can go through all these terms. There's so many of them. You know, a lot of the gender stuff, too. You know, you can't say, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Can't say it because you said guys. And you can't say man hours, man in the middle, mankind, manpower, manhole, man, anything with man. You can't say it. You can't say homeless person. It's person without housing. You'll hear that a lot in the news now when we talk about homeless you know, issues. You can't, it's, what's the difference between a homeless person and it's a person without housing? Uh, it goes on and on. Uh, real quick, I'll try to take one more here. Uh, Tony in Arcadia, you got like 15 seconds, Tony. Uh, yeah, it's, this is about the big reset. They're trying to reset, to, 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 to do away with everything that uh, this country was based upon. And uh, it's just dumb and stupid. It's a big part of it. Tony, I got to go because I got a hard break coming here. Okay, but I thank you for for your call. You know, and that it's there is that part of of what's happening is that it tears the society apart for whatever the rationale is, the reason. I mean, people probably would say we're trying to do this. There are some people who would say that, you know. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Maybe a lesson for us is to make sure that we're, we're relational enough with people that we work with or go to school with, that we're aware of how we speak and how it affects other people. But keep it at that level and keep it kind, and I think you'll do all right. All right, we've got to take a break. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow will be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.